Welcome to the Show Up Society podcast, where I talk about showing up for your goals one tiny step at a time. I'll help you break down your big fat dreams into tiny bite-sized pieces that are totally doable as long as you just keep showing up. I talk about anything from running to creativity, to mindset, to small business, to whatever else comes up. You'll see how just showing up for yourself every day in the tiniest way can make a huge impact and change your life. I'm your host, Tammy Bennett, artist, coach, habit keeper, and idea machine. I can't wait to cheer you on. So let's get started. Hello and happy 2020. Thanks for showing up for today's episode of the Show Up Society podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about the power of seeing what's possible and the power of being what's possible. First, let's check in on 2020. I hope you're having some great days and I hope you're being kind to yourself. All right, you know I love me some tiny daily habits, so I thought I would let you know what I'm working on this year. But first, I want to tell you about two habits that I'm saying goodbye to. I've decided to let go of two habits that I kept for all of 2019. And it was very hard for me to make the decision to let them go, but I have to put priority on other things. So I drew every single day last year, and the last several months of it was absolutely awful, like awful. There was no joy, no inspiration. It was just no fun. But I did it anyway because I had promised that I would draw every single day in, ni- in 2019. I even almost quit one night, but when I looked at my streaks app on my phone that keeps track of all my habits, I saw how many days I had done in a row and I just couldn't let myself stop. So I drew that night and it was one of my favorite drawings of the entire year. I wanted to stop the habit when I felt good about what I had accomplished. So I made it to the end of the year and then I stopped. And I was scared of stopping this habit because I don't want to lose the drawing skills that I have. And I'm scared that when it's time for me to create new products for my Tiger Pocket Press stationery line, I won't have the skills on hand to do it. But I'm choosing to not carry on a habit just based out of fear of what happens if I don't. That's a feeling of scarcity that I won't have ideas or skills when it's time to create products. And I'm going to choose to trust myself instead. But it is a little scary. The other habit that I'm not going to keep this year is taking a one second video of our family every day. I did this for 2019 and it was an amazing, amazing habit and I will be grateful for it for the rest of my life, but I needed some time off. I'll probably start it back next year. This was a really hard habit to keep because of the weight of carrying it around all day until I took a video was heavy. So a lot of times I would try to take a video of something in the morning just so I would have something to choose from later. But if I didn't all day long, it was just sort of on the back of my mind, like, oh, what am I going to do my video? What can I do a good video of? What would be something different that I haven't done on the other 360 days of the year? So it was kind of hard. Um, and I also have a fear of dropping this habit as well, because I feel like it will mean that maybe there will be a lot of memories and moments that I'll forget if I'm not taking a video of them. But again, I'm not going to let fear dictate what habits I will and won't keep. And again, I'll have to trust myself that I will capture some great moments this year. And I know that I'll never forget the way this year makes me feel, even if I don't remember the details of what happened. Okay, so now let's talk about the habits that I am going to keep every year. And I have several. But remember, I've been keeping daily habits for over eight years, and it's just something that really works for me. So if you are new to keeping a daily habit, I strongly recommend only starting with one, and you can always build onto it later. So here we go. 
I want to feel healthier physically, so I'm going to drink 64 ounces or more of water every single day. This one's tough for me because I'm not the hugest fan of water, but I'm learning to love it. I want to be healthier mentally too, so I'm going to meditate every day, I'm going to do self-coaching work every day, and I'm going to do something new, and I'm calling it my morning check-in. So I want to talk about this morning check-in for a minute. It may sound like a little bit much when you hear all the things that I do, but I can do it in about 30 minutes and it improves my whole day. I know we're only six days into the year, but these six days I feel like have been really focused and really positive because of this morning check-in. In the past, I've always used the excuse of having kids to not do a morning routine. I would totally roll my eyes at all the podcasts and blog posts and articles about having a morning routine and why it's so great for you. And I always thought, well, they obviously don't have kids that they have to get ready for school. But I decided this year that it's more important for me to put time into my mental well-being before giving the power of my day over to a few teenagers. And I love them dearly, but there are many mornings that do not bring me peace. So I've started waking up early to do my morning check-in. So here's the things that I do on my morning check-in. And I even nerded out and made a little worksheet for myself to remember all this. And I just kind of go through it step by step. Sometimes I just put a check mark if I do it. So I write down my monthly and weekly goals every single day, just to keep them at the top of my mind to remember where it is I'm heading. I look over my big three tasks for the day. And at least two of those have to be related to my yearly or my monthly goals. The top one that I write down is my no matter what goal or task. That means I have to do this task today. I'm not going to keep having days that I scurry around all over the place and have nothing to show for it at the end of the day and have gotten no step closer to my goal. So I'm making sure that I have this no matter what task that I'm going to really, really do my absolute best to do no matter what. I also have a little three for things that don't have to get done today or that don't further my business goals, but they are still important. Like for instance, today I need to sign up my son for his ACT test and I need to make an eye appointment for two of my kids. So if I get through my big three tasks for the day, I'll try to do something on the little three list. Okay, next I review my vision board. I finally have a vision board that I love So I look over it every day and I try to really dig deep into the feeling of what it will feel like when I accomplish my goals. Next, I do a page in my self-coaching workbook. So the self-coaching program that I am in gives a workbook and I just make sure that I do every day's homework. Then I review my food plan for the day. Then I review my exercise plan for the day. I know where I'm going to go, how long I'm going to do it, who I'm going to do it with, all of those things. Next, I give myself a badge. I literally draw a picture of a badge in my calendar to remind myself that I'm doing a great job. When I got this idea because I was in a coaching session and I was telling him that I need external accountability to get things done. And he looked at me like I was nuts. And he was like, "Um, didn't you just tell me that you've kept several tiny daily habits for years? I was like, "Uh, yes. And he was like, who was holding you accountable for those? And the answer was nobody. So I just wasn't giving myself any credit at all for doing something really hard, like holding myself accountable to me. So he told me that I'm just chasing the badge, like the external accountability from somewhere else. And I said, yeah, I love badges. That's the only reason I wanted to join Girl Scouts. But actually, that's not even true. It was the cookies that got me in. 
But anyway, he said, you don't need a badge from anybody. You need to work on giving yourself the badge. So I've decided to give myself the approval and the validation that I was seeking from outside of me. So I draw a little badge in my planner. And here's the key. I don't always match it up with something I did. I'm a human and I get a badge just for being. I don't want to be in the practice of only giving myself props or a high five for doing something amazing. I am a human and some days that's flipping hard enough. So I get the damn badge every morning now. All right, what else do I do during my morning check-in? Oh, I write down a money mantra for the day. I'm starting to work on getting a better money mindset and this money mantra is one part of that process. I write down a supportive thought to keep thinking through the day. And here's a really cool one. I write down a supportive question and this has been very helpful to me. So what I've learned about our brains is that they love to figure out the answers to the questions that we ask. So if you ask it a negative question, like why can't I ever get through my to-do list? It will come up with lots of answers of why you're not getting stuff done. But if you ask a supportive question, like how can I get one task done before lunch? Your brain is going to come up with the answer. And because your brain is going to come up with the answer to your questions, if you ask it something negative, it'll find those negative answers and you're going to feel like crap when you hear them. But asking a supportive question will help you come up with productive answers. And the last thing I do on my morning check-in is I write down an emotion that I want to practice today. And I know that sounds really kind of silly, but in doing my self-coaching work, I'm supposed to come up with how things make me feel. And I have to tell you, I'm absolutely shocked to realize how out of touch with emotions and what they feel like in my body. So I think I've gotten out of touch with my feelings over the years just to survive. And now I'm trying to dig back in and really experience how an emotion feels in my body. Because if you know how an emotion feels in your body, there's two good things that come of that. You'll know you can survive the negative feelings that you're going to experience in this thing called life. And number two, you'll also know how the good ones feel. And that's really going to help you in chasing your goals because you're going to know what kind of feeling you want. And that's why you're doing all of this hard work. Okay, so that's about it. So my daily habits for 2020 are to drink 64 plus ounces of water every day. I'm going to meditate every day, do self-coaching work every day, and that morning check-in. I'm feeling pretty good about it. My challenge to you today is to think of a gift that you have to offer the world. It can be something tiny or it can be something big. Maybe you're really good at making cookies or maybe you know exactly what to say to somebody when they're sad. Maybe you're really good at giving bear hugs or maybe you create amazing pieces of art with wire and clay. You might have buried your gift deep down inside you because you're scared to let it shine and maybe you feel a little self-conscious, but I'm telling you to reach way down deep there and drag it out because we need it. We need you. Okay, we're moving on to seeing and being what is possible. So I think that seeing what's possible is so important because it helps you expand your thoughts of what is possible for you. So if you see other people doing something, you realize that it can be possible for you to do it too. I'll give you an example of what I see with my kids. They have all run for the youth division of the Bowerman Track Club here in Portland, Oregon, which is one of the very best training groups for professional runners in the country. 
It's packed with national champions, American record holders, Olympic medalists, world medalists. It's amazing. In the last Olympics, there were eight women on the team, and all eight of them qualified and competed in the Olympics. They also have an elite team, a master's team, and a youth team for grade school and middle schoolers. My kids have all been a part of the team. They get to train on Nike's world headquarters campus, and some of their coaches are the professional runners on the Bowerman Track Club. My kids have gotten to see and touch Olympic and world championship medals at practice. They get high fives from runners who are in the top 10 runners in the world on a weekly basis during cross-country season. It's just a normal occurrence for them to watch their coaches compete against the best people in the world on TV. It's normal for them to have their coaches be absent from a practice here or there because they're at the Olympic Training Center or they're competing in a national championship. My girls got to wear Shalane Flanagan's and Colleen Quigley's Olympic team gear to dress up for Halloween or the skit at their summer camp. I cannot think of a stronger, more tangible visualization of what is possible than wearing an Olympian's clothing. So many of these kids on this youth team now have dreams of running in high school or college or professionally, and some of them have dreams to run in the Olympic trials and in the Olympics. Because they see it every day and are exposed to something so normal for the pro athletes that it makes it that much more real of a possibility for these kids. They see the pro athletes doing the same warm-ups and stretches they do. They see them do workouts on the track just like they do. And they see them laughing with their teammates after a hard workout. And that's when they realize these pros are just like them. They're just competing at a different level. And it all becomes possible to them. I'll give you another example. So I was recently talking to a mom of a senior in the high school where I have two kids, and they have an amazing drama department. She was telling me that the kids in drama program are so lucky because they've gotten to work with Disney production teams for a couple of the plays. So they get to see firsthand how a major powerhouse like Disney handles sets and costume and script changes. They've gotten to see the big dogs in action. They also did a play where they got to have weekly calls with actors on Broadway doing the same play. They saw that the Broadway actors get nervous before the curtain rises. Sometimes they goof their lines or they drop a prop or they trip as they run off stage. And they also saw how the Broadway actors had rap parties and flowers and took pictures with friends and family after the show. The Broadway actors are just like them. They're just performing at a different level. This high school drama department is now seeing what is possible. I personally love being challenged and putting myself in the company of people who are performing at a higher level than I am. I think it is so important to do that and to have my kids do that. My husband, Chris, moved to California after college to put himself on an Olympic training team. He was one of the slowest guys on the team when he first got there, and he was so happy. He knew that surrounding himself with greatness was going to make him greater. Because the way we see it in our family If you're surrounded by people performing at a higher level than you, you're going to improve by leaps and bounds because your idea of what is possible is now so much bigger. You're going to push yourself harder than you thought that you could. You're going to go after dreams bigger than you used to have on your own. I know some people might never want to be in this situation where they're not the best one in the room and they're going to feel negatively about themselves if they're put in that situation. They might get down on themselves and say, so-and-so is killing it and I'll never be as good as her. But that is so unnecessary self-judgment. It's unhelpful and no growth comes from that. 
So I want you to see how you can put yourself around people that are performing at a higher level than you. Challenge yourself to be part of a group of people who make more sales than you or run more miles or run faster than you. People who eat healthier than you or sing on pitch more often than you do. Go into it with wide eyes and open mind and big arms to take all of it in. Grab all of the knowledge that you can. And while you're gaining all that knowledge and inspiration, it's probably going to be time to rewrite your goals. The people around you are people just like you. And if they can figure out how to do it, so can you. Now I hear you. You probably just had a thought come up that said, but there are people more naturally talented than I am. They were born with skills that I don't have. And I want to tell you, I am not talking just about results. This is about progress. You might not get the same results that they're getting. Out of the 350 kids on the Bowerman youth track team, maybe only one will grow up to be an Olympian. But I'd be willing to bet you that they all have better progress just from surrounding themselves with greatness and expanding their ideas of what's possible. Let's say you might not make millions from your artwork but your art will become better and you will grow as an artist if you join an art group with people that are making money from their art. You might not know every verse in the Bible, but you're going to increase your knowledge of it by joining a prayer group. Whatever it is for you, just try to go out there and surround yourself with greatness and open your mind to what is possible. Enjoy the ride, enjoy the process and enjoy getting better. So now that you're totally excited to see what's possible and to go surround yourself with bigger possibilities, let's talk about what you can offer by being what's possible. You have a gift. You are born with a gift. Probably more than one gift, but for sure at least one. No matter what your religious or spiritual beliefs or lack thereof, I think you'll probably still agree with me on that, that you were born with a gift that we all have an innate gift for something, right? And I think it's our job as humans to share our gifts with the world. And I think it's so that we can show other people what's possible. By letting our light shine, we are helping make someone's world a bit brighter. So sharing your knowledge or your skill or your talent with the world, you are giving someone a new idea of what's possible. It's not bragging to do your best and show it to the world. That's not putting someone else down. It's not saying, I'm an amazing dancer and you suck. No, it's simply saying, I have this gift and I've worked really hard on improving it. So check it out and I bet you can do the same. There will probably be people out there who get a little hate on when they see you shining, but that's on them. That's their problem, not yours. You were put here to use your gifts, to make this world a little bit better to show people what the human body and mind and soul and spirit can do. It's not on you to put that dimmer switch on and dim your light just because someone else has personal work that they need to do on themselves to feel okay about it. So please take off that sheet, that dusty sheet covering your shiny gift and raise the blackout shades. Remember what your gift is and share it with me, with us. Let some little third grader out there see what you do and let them want to do that too and believe that they can because they saw someone else do it. All right, let's check in on that challenge. Did you think of your gift? I would so, so love to hear about it. So please come to showupsociety.com forward slash 10 and let me know in the comments. Thank you so much for showing up for this podcast today. 
Now go show up for yourself. Hey, you're still here. You are magic.